1: How do we stop online extremism? Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is in Paris attending the Christchurch call meeting convened by New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, who is co-chairing with French President Emmanuel Macron. It's expected to cite the massacre of 51 Muslim worshippers in New Zealand mosques in March and that's part of a push for a sweeping agreement to combat terrorist content disseminated on social media. And here at home, just this week, the Ontario Superior Court of Justice awarded two and a half million dollars in damages to Mohammed Fakir. He is the owner of the Paramount chain of Middle Eastern restaurants. And that was for defamation over a series of videos and online posts made by Kevin Johnston of his and on his website called Freedom Report. Uh, and that was uh, pretty defamatory and online. And of course, there's plenty of online hate aimed at other groups like Jews. And is this the right way to seek a solution with the big social media companies? What do you think? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740, <clears throat> excuse me, 4740. And right now we are going to security and terrorism expert Ross McLean and Phil Gursky of Borealis. Hey, guys. Hi, Libby. Hello, Libby. Hi. Um, so – My first question on this, uh, when it comes to online extremism, it's a bad thing, but isn't that the main way that the good guys find the bad guys and shut them down?
2: Uh, I'll I'll weigh in, certainly. I I don't want to take your your spot here, Ross. Um, You know, certainly when I used to work at CSIS, the answer is yes. This is a, a way that you find people who are radicalizing the violence. And in the worst case scenario, this is how you find people planning acts of terrorism or, or, or you know, attacks of, of mass violence. So it is the, the way you, you find them. Um, I'm not sure the two are mutually exclusive. I think that you can take efforts to remove the most heinous, disgusting stuff. And at the same time, not handcuff your, your law enforcement and security intelligence agencies that have a job to do. And that job is to stop bad things from happening. Ross? Yeah, and as I think as Phil was
3: uh, alerting you to there, this is actually a very fairly complicated topic. It's not as simple as good guys and bad guys, because it turns out who's deciding who's the good guy, who the good guys are, and who the bad guys are. So what I find interesting and challenging about what's going on today with our prime minister, about to launch off and go sign an accord uh, that says the Canadian government is essentially going to be monitoring. Uh, Canadians and what they do online and how they do that and what controls are on it, uh, that can go south in a heartbeat. And, uh, you know, the countries he's over there meeting with, uh, to sign this with is one of them is France, who of course, They've already started to launch a shutdown on Facebook and social media for what they consider to be problems because he's having a problem governing over there. The other group that's looking country is looking to sign on, of course, is Theresa May because of all the problems that they're having with Brexit over there, that they don't want the people to be able to get together and talk about Brexit and have the government have control. The other one that's signing on for it is Jordan. And of course, in Jordan, if you say the wrong thing against the king or the monarch, you'll find yourself in jail. And they censor books and what goes online. So I think the bigger concern here is what controls would there be? And do you want a political party, per se, controlling access to monitoring what Canadians do online? I think that can go south in a heartbeat.
2: Phil? I would agree with Ross to a certain extent. You know, when it comes to online extremism and hate, it is very subjective, uh, I often use the example of Judge Potter in the States who says, I don't know what pornography is, but I know, it is, I know what it is when I see it. And I think um, it is devilishly very difficult to define. It's definitely difficult to figure out where that line is. Uh, clearly, you know, live streaming a massacre in a mosque, I think we all agree that should not be available anywhere online. But there's a very fine line between freedom of speech. And this is one reason why, you know, Roston mentioned this. The, the States is not going to sign on, right? Because the U.S. has very, very strong First Amendment freedom freedoms, and they, this is the last thing they want to do is have the government determine what's right and what's not right. So yeah, I, I don't know if there's an easy solution to this, and I think we should be very careful at saying there is one. Some of this stuff has to be taken down, but as Ross said, who decides and, and who makes that final call as, you know, this crosses that line? I'm not sure how you do that, because everything that I've read, both by academics and by practitioners and former practitioners around the world, say, as Ross did, this is not an easy job, and, and, and there is no, you know, one size fits all of this.
1: What about the responsibilities of the big social media companies? I mean, as you said, it's pretty clear. Live streaming a massacre is not okay. And uh, we've had, you know, beheadings online. Uh, you know, who is responsible for that? Well,
3: you know, there, 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 there's there's some issues that need to be looked at around that. And, and just to point out as to what extremism may be, I'll point out that the former chief assistant to our PM, uh, said that anybody who disagreed with the PM, he called them Nazis online. So, you know, there's some things to be concerned about. We also have people who may disagree with the government on uh, climate issues. They're called climate deniers, uh, which is very, very extreme language for talking about people who want to disagree with policy. And when you look at what's going on with the U.S., we are seeing now, and it's becoming more and more uncovered, that the previous government, it looks like, may have abused – Uh, the authorities to be able to look at what people consider extreme by making something up to spy on political enemies. And typically the first thing you see if you have a government in control without strong controls is what happens when there's problems is they shut down social media. We saw that happen in Sri Lanka after the attack on the Catholic Church there. They were worried about backlash towards Muslims. So the government shut down social media for people. So I think when you have the government uh, monitoring they're monitoring our newspapers now they've admitted to that and the same guy who was monitoring our newspapers was the guy who was in the PMO's office when we had issues with SNC Lavalin and potentially with the Mark Norman case they're going to be the ones that are monitoring and do I, how do we know keeping a record for how long about who your associations are and what you may say and what you may like it's, I think it's pretty concerning to have the government doing this unfettered.
1: Uh, Phil, do you see it that way? I mean, what I'm asking is what should the big social media companies be doing?
2: Well, uh, Libby, the the, the fact remains in many countries is that it is their responsibility to identify and remove. So in in the European Union, there's already legislation across the EU that if they don't do this, there's massive fines. Facebook has said it's going to do a better job. Um, Of course, the the massacre in Christchurch was live streamed for at least, I heard, 17 minutes before it was finally taken down. Uh, Twitter's cracking down. YouTube's cracking down. The problem is, aside from how do you define it, and I think Ross and I agree that it, you know it's, it's really very nebulous, the other problem is the sheer amount of information and how often it's being posted. I, I forget what the, the figures are, Libby, in terms of YouTube, but it's like a gazillion hours of YouTube is put up every day or something like that. So they've come up with these, these algorithms and this artificial intelligence, but it's not catching at all, which means you to got to hire people. And how many people do you want to hire? And what? what rules and what guidelines do they get to determine what, what gets taken down so they're acknowledging that the situation is not okay that there's some stuff that definitely shouldn't be there but I think we' we're, we're going to disagree until the cows come home in terms of how how widespread that can be but I, I think most people I, I would argue most Canadians do agree that there should be uh, there should be a limit in terms of what kinds of Advoc you know, advocation of violence or actual scenes of violence that should not be allowed online, um, and and the, the current situation is simply not tenable. But how we get to a situation where we are it's not going to be it'll never be perfect. It'll be it'll be sort of a best case scenario. But we'll always have disagreements in terms of how far the government or Twitter or YouTube or Facebook is going to go.
1: I'm going to take a call from Bill, and Bill, uh, you know, um, you're saying you were banned from Twitter. We don't want details, but uh, you think that was unfair.
4: Well, first of all, uh, Ross and Quiggin are my uh, absolute uh, top favorites on Twitter. And I love Twitter because you get so much diversity of information. You get more news on Twitter than you do on mainstream media. But uh, it was Catherine McKenna, the climate minister, that uh, banned me. So anyways, I think media is the message, and the liberals are trying to control it. It's that simple.
1: Okay, well, you weren't banned from Twitter. She just shut you out. She- no, no.
4: I, gotta, I, I have to retract things that I've said about her. And basically, she put Bill Nye on. In this stupid video that he did. And I, I mocked her saying, Is this, you know, is this your science that you base climate change on? Bingo. You know, I get up this morning, I, I, I log in, and you know what? I'm gone. I have to retract it. I have to, you know, do all this nonsense. The, the only reason I want Twitter is because the news and the diversity of information. I get uh, Ross on there, I get uh, Quiggan. I get all kinds of of diverse opinions that inform me. And the Liberals are out to to narrow the the input that I get.
1: Okay, Bill, I'm going to uh, let the guys respond to that. By the way, that Bill Nye video, I mean, it was viral, 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 and a lot of people loved it. But, uh, Bill, thanks for that. We're going to get comments. Uh, Ross, do you think uh, that is an example of what your concerns are?
3: Well, it is. As I said, this government has not has not shown any uh, uh, restraint when it comes to going after what it thinks in media. And I'm trying to recall the specifics of it, perhaps Phil will. But when, when we did have that mosque shooting in Quebec, they actually had another person from the PMO's office contact. It was either Google or Twitter or someone and had them take down information that they did not want up. That was being put out on Twitter because they deemed it to be inaccurate or some such thing. So the question is here, I think, as Canadians. I think Canadians are pretty good at being overall fair and making decisions on stuff. But we're not necessarily being given all the information today. For instance, we still do not have our Danforth shooter report. Still not out there. A lot of the media is just ignoring it and not bothering with it. But it's this sort of information that I think that weak governments are scared of if it can be shared I think weak governments are scared of that.
1: Okay, and uh, Phil, uh, what is your reaction both to what Bill told us about and uh, we're starting to have to wrap this up. Uh, where where are we left with all of this? Well,
2: I, I don't know what Bill actually posted in the nature of his tweet or series of tweets, but I don't think Twitter, uh, first of all, is going to necessarily uh, cave into what the government says. I think it must have been something that went against Twitter's uh You know terms of use. There are when you sign up for Twitter or Facebook, there is a conditions of use, and it's quite explicit what you can and cannot do. And I I assume that this person violated those terms, that's why it was taken down. You know, it's I. I'm all for different uh, sources of information. I mean, I work in intelligence. You have to corroborate what you find out from reliable sources. But you know, there definitely is a line, and I, I think as Ross and I agree, that line is very difficult to determine. But doing nothing is not an option at this point. And, and yes, this 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 conference is definitely in the aftermath of what happened in Christchurch. It's in the aftermath of what happened in Sri Lanka. It's in the aftermath of what happened in a, in a mosque in California. Uh, I think people are just saying, you know, enough's enough. And a lot of this garbage and and hatred is being spread online and something must be done. Do we have it right? Probably not. Will we ever have it right? I'm not sure. It won't be perfect. But, uh, you know, sitting on our hands is not an option at this point. So governments feel the pressure on, on to do something and Let's just give them a chance to see what they can do. And and if they do, you know, if they go in the wrong direction, let's push back against them.
1: How effective can it be without the Americans, Ross?
2: Well, I mean, it's
3: all run out of Silicon Valley, all all of that. I mean, you have to have the Americans there to deal with it, uh, uh, most definitely. Um, uh, Look, this, this is going to be a challenge. We already have hate laws on the books here in Canada to be able to deal with. And those have to be done with due process where where a charge is laid against you. You get to go to court and you get to defend yourself. But we're talking about though is putting a government in charge administratively, looking at your speech and keeping records on it. And all I'm saying is that is a very dangerous road to go down when the governments start doing that. Governments have shown themselves to abuse that privilege i'm not talking i'm not picking on this one you can go through the history and look at governments have abused that privilege of having information on citizens and i really don't think we want to go there i think we want to keep with uh, a good legal process on dealing with it uh use our hate crimes but the police also need to start enforcing the hate crimes they're not really enforcing the hate crimes that exist and we'll probably see some more of that this weekend uh when we go through the the march for israel we'll see what happens there if anything gets enforced or not there
1: Okay, uh, another topic that we have to delve into. Thank you so much, uh, Ross McLean and Phil Gersky. Hey,
0: Thank, Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.